We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, December 8th, 2017. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Kreitz. You can find us on Twitter, at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know that we'd love to have it. Quick overview of the pod today. We're going to go over some top news on this Friday morning. Then we're going to go into the meat of the podcast, sell high, buy low candidates, as we traditionally do in the middle of the season. Ken is going to give us a crazy old man rant. And then we will finish up with our Friday FanDuel picks, as we usually do. Before we get started, gentlemen, for whatever reason... I'm wearing sweatpants today. Shannon, you're wearing sweatpants today. Oh. Super I'm casual Friday. Super casual Friday today Boo. in the office, inspired when by Ken Price. When did jeans get so hard? 
Now, I must admit, uh, this is the first pair of sweatpants I've ever owned in my life, and thank you, Yeah, Shannon. what, did you run out to Kmart and grab a, a pair of sweats? So get this, Ken. Um, thanks to your old man rant a couple weeks ago, Shannon yeah. immediately took to OldNavy.com <laughs> and ordered me a pair of sweatpants. They showed up on my desk. Nice, really? Yeah. And so I opened it up, and I had no idea he Bravo. was doing that. And uh, they're just you know these gray sweatpants, joggers, as Shannon is calling them. And uh, yeah, that's so I'm very nice. Now. I'm, I'm trying. Shannon, them that's out. very nice. I feel like I should get you some dad khakis from the '90s, like with pleats, <laughs> the really terrible one. As we discussed, I've been there. I've done that. I, I'm. I actually have probably. I should just donate them to charity. I probably have six or seven baggy, pleated, terrible-looking khakis still hanging in Jim my closet. Oh yeah, yeah. Jim Worse than yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll see. By the end of this pod, I will give a full breakdown because I literally just threw these pants on in yeah. Shannon's office, like right before we hit record <laughs> on the podcast. Rock, rocking the sweatpants with the with the button up. My oh, je- we need a video cam for these podcasts. <laughs> no, we do not. My jeans are nicely folded over in the corner here in in the Shannon's office. Oh. Where we're recording right now, so I look forward to changing pants in front of Shannon after this is over. All right. Wait a minute, DJ's beating us to the jokes. <laughs> I'm just getting I'm 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 formulating the jokes how I want them to be formulated because I know they're <laughs> gonna be told one way or another, so I, I figured I'd beat you to that the gets, That gets a toot. Nice <laughs> joke. <laughs> Ken, why don't you lead us in the top news of the this Friday oh, morning huge besides news. me besides me wearing sweatpants? Huge news. Big trade. Big trade. Okay, not that big. But uh, you'd think it would be a big trade if you would sort of seen the future of this a couple years ago. So, Jaheel Okafor, number three pick from the 2015 draft, and Nick Stauskas, who had some nickname. Wasn't he like Spicy Sauce or something? Something sauce. I don't know. Anyway, he was the eighth overall pick in 2014 and a 2019 second rounder to Brooklyn for uh, Trevor Booker, power forward bench player. Um, As Kevin Pelton points out at ESPN, I find this very interesting because Philadelphia turned down Okafor's option year, should Okafor play really well for Brooklyn, Brooklyn can only re-sign him for a one-year $6.3 million offer when he becomes a free agent this summer. So in some ways, I'm not sure how well the Nets want him to play. I've even seen some people hinted that Brooklyn's more into this for the second-round draft pick than they are for Okafor and, and Stauskas. Gentlemen, what is your reaction on this blockbuster, I, I'm amazed. I, my my initial reaction from a fantasy standpoint is go run to your waiver wire and pick up Okafor. He's up to fifty three percent owned on Yahoo already. Uh, he's going to have it might take him a couple games, but he's going to be an impact player with fantasy going forward. A top one hundred and twenty guy, uh, which warrants ownership in most top one hundred and twenty. Yeah. Wow. Which warrants ownership in most leagues. He's going to be like, if he plays 32 minutes a game, he will average 16 and 8 by default. Like he, does he, but does he fit their fast pace? You know, they're the fastest pace in the NBA. I don't see where he fits with that. I don't know if that's necessarily a choice or like a stylistic choice, Ken. I've been trying to figure that out. I think it's just 
a lack of any focus and so it ends up being fast. I mean, obviously it has to be a little bit of them trying to go fast, but I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, like the Nuggets when they're ha- playing at high altitude and their whole game plan is is to pick up the tempo and just wear the other team out. I think the Nets are just kind of like a ragtamp bunch of guys that miss a lot of shots and the game just those games just end up being fast yeah, more than anything. Well, I don't think you accidentally become the fastest team. I know, though. I know. I That's what I was that. trying to err on the side of caution with. But you're right, because yeah. Okafor is you know quite definitely the opposite of a fast-paced offense yes yes he is but it's it's also because they haven't had they haven't had the personnel sure. to, to run anything but that i mean they're they're big men trevor booker uh mozgov you know jared allen very rarely plays they they haven't been a focal point of the team's offense at all which now you could argue oakford could be their number two option Sure. Why not? Yeah. No, yeah. You're, you're, I think he, he should he be. He should be. No, see, nobody has ever taken away anything from him on the offensive side of the court if you're just going to give him the ball, dump it down low, and let him go to work. Like, he's he's just as good as any post player in the league, honestly, when it comes down to one-on-one in the post moves. Now, I think they the, Moskov was the facade starter, and then you had Jared Allen occasionally come in. Those guys never even combined for more than, like, 16 minutes per game. They ended up running out Trevor Booker as their center, Ken. And so if Trevor Booker is your center, you have no choice but to pick up the tempo because you're going to get absolutely hosed on the defensive end if, if you know, everybody's just posting up Trevor Booker all the time. So um, I, that I just stylistically the, could change with this trade. That's certainly true. It could. I just find it so interesting that – Okay, if he plays great, then he probably works himself out of the budget that the Nets really have assigned here to them. You know, and and that's why Philadelphia had to throw in the extra pick because it, you know, often in these scenarios it's, oh, we'll make a trade for this guy. He's got high upside and pedigree. Sure he hasn't worked out in the past, but if he does work out, suddenly we have a gem. Well, if suddenly Brooklyn has a gem, he's gone. You know, that's so like the upside isn't necessarily there for Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? But I I do think that everyone in the league knows how good he is on offense. It's his his only the only thing that, you know, hasn't made him traded so far is is his defense just doesn't work in today's NBA. So I don't don't think Pelton pointed out his offense has problems, too. I mean, they're sure Sixers offense was actually worse per 100 possessions with him on the floor uh, than without him. So I, I I don't know. So I will say, you guys will be very happy to know, uh, especially after Shannon's proclamation that he's a uh, top 120 guy, that I dropped Okafor last week in SKO3 because I was tired of having somebody on my bench that never got into the game. And yeah. of course, I did it one week too soon because in that particular league, and in a lot of people's leagues where you have two centers and a forward center flex spot, like he is 100% going to be valuable of a, of a yes. spot in that league. So I'm thinking, I mean, we don't have to throw our punches here because it is what it is but out of a hundred dollar fab budget in a keeper league what would you throw down on a top 120 player Shannon? i i would argue that he's worth like half of your remaining budget half. whether it's 50 wow. whether it's half of 100 if it's 50 bucks or you have you know you only have 40 bucks left i think he's worth half of your remaining fab budget uh players in the, there's not many scenarios where a guy goes from unowned to you know, top 100 upside, which his upside could be a little bit more than that. I think, I think I'm actually, I, I'm 
kind of erring on the side of caution when I say top 120. It could certainly be higher than that because I do think he's going to be a nightly double-double guy. Uh, he could block, even though he's horrible on defense, he could block some shots. High so, field goal percentage. Yeah. So I, I like him a lot moving forward. I mean, the only comp, one of the comparable uh, trades in the past that I can think of is, is like when Gortat went from Orlando to Phoenix midseason and went from being Dwight Howard's backup and not playing to yeah, a full-time a starting yeah. center. And Gortat, so they had no center at the time. Yeah, then too. Phoenix had just, no center. So Gortat went from you know a backup hardly playing to a guy who was averaging 12 and 11 every night. And you had to dump the vast majority of your fab money to get him that year. And well, I think, and frankly, well, we'll I was see. just to say the whole contract thing doesn't really apply to fantasy, right? So exactly. the upside's there. He's playing for his big contract. So he's got every reason to be motivated here. He's pr- frankly been stewing for a year and a half waiting for this opportunity. You'd think he'd be ready to go. There were some rumors that he's a little out of shape. What do you what, do you guys did you guys hear that as well or what do you what do you see for the few minutes he's had? What rumors? He looks healthy what rumors? when he gets he's up been and down out of shape from the bench. since he was at Duke. I yeah. mean, he's, <laughs> it's it's no it's no secret. I mean, is he super out of shape now? Um I I, I it wouldn't be surprising. You know, he hasn't he hasn't seen game action, so it maybe it'll take a you know, a week or two or a couple weeks longer than we would expect for, for him to fully round into form. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to – that just means I'm going to be more patient with him after I pick him up. I'm still picking him up. So, Ken, before we move on here, I, I want to do what all our listeners are saying. They're saying, all right, that's great, but, you know, I can't think of who's top 20, 120 in my league. I want to name some centers around the 120 rank. And Shannon and Ken, feel free to step in if you want. Uh, who would you rather have, Okafor or these guys? So this is the range we're talking about that people are going to have to decide if they end up grabbing Okafor. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, center eligible. Dirk, Okafor. Okafor, okay. Okafor. Just because there's no upside with Dirk. Dirk's not going to suddenly be able to play 36 minutes a game again and get sure. 10 years younger. I'm going to skip favors because with Gobert out, it's obviously favors. Uh, Frank Kaminsky? Gobert is... Uh, Okafor. Ennis Cantor? Oh, yeah, Okafor. See, Cantor's, Cantor. Cantor's an Cantor. interesting one because Cantor's actually like top 50 in, in many formats right now. So, yeah. I actually, no, you got to keep Cantor's 39th on Yahoo. I would not drop Cantor, but I will say I am not going to be surprised if Okafor's a better option going forward. But don't you think Cantor right now with the Knicks, that's Okafor's ceiling to me? No, um, I, I agree with you, Cantor. The, the, problem, the problem with Cantor, he's only playing 26 minutes a game. If you told me Cantor was going to play 30, 32 minutes per game, I would pick Cantor 100 yeah, out of 100 times. Also, 91, 92% from the free throw line, shooting yeah. over 61%. He's, he's getting half a block, and I, which is not great. But Okafor may not get half a block. We'll I'm see. not drop. There is there is no league. If I'm in an eight team league, I'm not dropping Cantor. Yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. saying I wouldn't be surprised if they're very comparable moving forward. Okay, let's go up. Uh, just a couple more names here. Uh, your old friend here, Shannon Jonas Valanciunas. I think this is a really good comp because I have always said that Valanciunas is a low double double guy. That's where I project Okafor to be with the Nets too. I think that's kind of maybe the easiest comp. You get points, rebounds, high field goal percentage, and maybe a cheap stealer block here and there every other game. I would I would go Okafor, and I love Valanciunas. I always have. Yeah. I still if if it were if he were guaranteed thirty minutes a game. I would go Valanciunas, but Valanciunas is only playing 20 minutes a game, so I'm going to go Well, because, because he and Ibaka are playing together very poorly. Uh, if you go look at like 
you know, they're uh, scoring 100 possessions with the two of them on the floor. It's terrible. So there's a few, there have been a few pieces, go Google it, but there's a few pieces about Abaka and Valanciunas just can't play well together. So I think he's going to wind up eating some minutes. I o- definitely go for. Okafor or, or Valanciunas and Cantor are almost identical players. It's just one's playing 20 minutes, the other's playing 26, but they're very similar stat lines per minute. Um, I think Okafor is going to be a worse per minute player than either player, but he's going to play more minutes. So that's, well, yeah, I take more Valanciunas. Except for Cantor, Cantor, they like Cantor and uh, Porzingis. Where yes, they don't like Valanciunas in a pocket. It's not no. working. So I think I'll stop it there because the names after um, you know Valanciunas start to become Gortat, Stephen Adams, Yusuf Nurkic, and I feel pretty confident in saying that definitely want to hang on to those guys because yeah. they've been tried and true starters who have performed well. So Valanciunas seems to be the tipping point right there yeah. if you're looking at your rankings. And it doesn't mean that Valanciunas or or, or Gortat or, or Nurk. Nurkic don't have value in your league like it's you wouldn't necessarily want to drop them you'd probably want to drop someone else because those players especially Gortat and Nurkic those guys are still going to have value in in most formats yeah so I'm not dropping them for Okafor Valanciunas yes I would drop him for Okafor Dirk yes I would drop him for Okafor but you don't necessarily if you're if it's a guy who's still going to have value in your league don't drop him drop some bench fodder that you have instead a non-upside guy. All right, let's move on. Uh, second item, Spurs, you know, are about to start a back-to-back with Boston tonight. And then um, uh, I forget who they're playing Saturday, sorry. But Kawhi Leonard, probably not coming back against Boston tonight, um, but is going to play. Oh, it's against Phoenix, I remember. It's uh, is expected to come back Saturday against Phoenix. Frankly, I think that makes a lot of sense. You're not going to play Leonard in back-to-backs anyway, so bring him back gently against a soft Suns team. Uh, do you guys want to give your standard Spurs warning here about Leonard? Well, yeah, I would say, you know, kudos to the Spurs. I didn't think that they were going to send Leonard down for a G League assignment, but I guess they technically are um, starting him off against the Suns. So <laughs> good job for them. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I grabbed Kawhi in a couple of leagues at the beginning of the year, um, and I should have known better. I can't remember if we knew about the injury or not. But, you know, if, if Kawhi is going to have an injury for three to four months, they're just going to list him as day-to-day, as they have been doing this whole season, which for fantasy is just a thorn in all of our sides. Um, I'm, I'm out on Kawhi. Like as soon as those, you know, did not play started to rack up and rack up and rack up. We knew that even when he would come back, there's just no way that he's going to be seeing a full complement of minutes. And there's no way that he's going to play back to backs at any point this regular season. Most importantly, because the Spurs are doing just fine. They're third in the West. That's pretty much where they've been at any point over the last four seasons. Um, yep. It's just going to be gravy having him back. And the only real goal is to have him at 100% by the playoffs. And that's it for fantasy. It was a waste. It, I mean, it was a dud that, of a pick. That's if you what took makes Kawhi a Leonard. trade. That's what makes it so hard to trade him. Is what you want is three or four hot games in a row. But I don't think he's ever going to play four games in a row. Right? <laughs> you we'll, know what I mean? We'll, we'll, talk, be, we'll talk more Spurs, Kawhi, Lamarcus, and how to handle those uh, guys yes. in in our buy low, sell high. I he's going to play back. Like to say he's not going to play any back to back games this season is ridiculous. I actually think he's probably a hundred percent. Now they were cautious. They aired on the side of caution coming into the season and up to this point. But I, I don't see why like they're re- he's returning now because he's ready to go full bore. I am not worried about it. If I own him now there, 
So we, do you want him in SKL three? I'll trade him in every league we're in. I'll give right, him to you right, right. now. If Let's you, if, I mean, I'll you, trade. Wait, wait, DJ. I went in on that too because I'd trade for him just for next year. There you go. I mean, I'm more happy than anybody. I hope you're right, Shannon. I just think that goes against everything we've learned about the Spurs since Popovich has taken over. I disagree. All right, I guess hit we'll us against hit us against each other, DJ. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, okay, very good. So the I think what Shannon's saying to summarize is the buzz is so negative. Maybe now it's a buy low, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Davis questionable tonight versus the Sacramento Kings, and you know what that means, DJ. Revenge game, baby. Revenge game. Boogie's gonna go cray cray. I just like yelling that as loud as I can. I, uh, we'll get to that also in our DFS suggestions. But man, Boogie without Davis helping him uh, at home in New Orleans, I imagine he's just going to go insane crazy on the Kings. But we'll see. And then finally, DJ, to, on a sour note, what happened last night with your Thunder? Losing 195, both teams shorthanded, losing to the Nets? Come on, baby. I was supposed to be Carmelo's big breakout game with, with Paul George out. What, uh, DJ, explain to me how they can lose to the Nets. Um, Chemistry issues, coaching issues. Um, uh, I, I don't think last year's Thunder lose to the Nets. No, you're right, because there was a clear focus. Russell Westbrook gets the ball, he gets to do whatever he wants, and you get the F out of the way, right? It's as right. simple as that. And you know what? Sometimes simplicity is great, and it actually helps. Everybody, everybody's on the same page. It's very clear. It's very straightforward. That's the plan. Everybody fall in line. And now, even when you add better personnel, um, what happens is things get all confusing, and where Russ maybe feels a little bit guilty that you know he he should be letting those guys take over or have their moment their moment of integration into Oklahoma City folklore if you will to have Carmelo you know drain a three to win a game to have Paul George um, you know take the possession and dish it out to somebody and so there's just not a clear path of what to do um, you know Nobody really likes a selfish player. Nobody likes to play on a team with a selfish player. But guess what? In the closing minutes of a game, in crunch time, at least everybody is on the same page about what the plan is going to be or you know what's going to happen when they go out there. Right now, I just don't. I think they're all over the place. I, I think that Russell ne- knows what needs to be done and he's kind of trying to do it, but it just goes against his every every movement. And so, um, and you know, you know where all the blame falls, Ken. It's just squarely on Benny, Billy Donovan, and mm. you know it's it's almost hard to blame him uh, because not too many coaches have had success um, whipping super teams into shape right away. And I think this guy is in way over his head. He was making comparisons back to his old Florida teams where he had like you know a bunch of highly talented recruits come yeah, in, and yeah. it's just like, okay, guy, this is way way different. And we're noticing right now, Billy Billy Donovan, that it is way different. And right now, you're not succeeding. So um, I think it's uh, kind of on Billy Donovan, and there's just too many options to be had. Um, is your well, roundabout way to get yeah. to the 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 real answer you wanted, Ken? Is as a Thunder fan, we suck. We suck. Well, I really just wanted to give you the opportunity to vent there, sir. Which I hope I hope that feels yeah, better. Save, uh, save me on the therapy costs. The Thunder Thunder only putting up 16 points in the fourth quarter. Actually, entered the fourth up five, but lose by five to the Nets. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get it. I will, uh, to your simplicity point, and we'll see if it it still happens with Okafor. The Nets, pretty simple. Just keep running, keep shooting. And, you know, I did that with when I coached my daughter's third grade basketball team. 
rebound and run. That was our only play. Rebound and run. I just kept saying that for 40 minutes. <laughs> Girls loved it. Then we get ice cream. I, I, I would, <laughs> Maybe I Donovan would, should, should offer ice cream. Maybe that could be the moment. Guys, we win. Get an ice cream. I would, ca- I would just caution every OKC fan to not, not worry about it too much. Um, we're still we're only 24 games into this season. Yeah, they're 11 and 13. That's not great, but they lost to they lost to bad teams last year. They lost to Orlando. They lost to which was a much worse Orlando team last season. They lost to the Lakers. Every good team loses to bad teams. Last year's Golden State team lost to uh, you know lost to the Pistons, a bad Pistons team. Uh, this year, this year's Cleveland team has lost to this Brooklyn Nets team. Like. It happens. It's a long season. This OKC team will be better at the end of the season than last year's team was. Oh, yeah. Without a I, doubt. I, I hope so. That's what I've always been putting my faith in that because, you know, I've come on this pod and then outside of this pod, I've talked to you guys and said, you know, I'm going to give any super team, you know, 20 games, 25 games to figure things out. Now I've been fudging the numbers closer to however many games they've played so far. Um, but when I first said it, I said 20 games. So I think you're right, Shannon. There is a little piece of me that wonders, you know, that all these super teams have figured it out, but have they had somebody like a Russell Westbrook who even when he had Harden on his team, Durant on his team, he was just, you know, me, 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 I got this. And, and to him, he thought that he really did have it. He thought he was the best option in crunch time. Maybe he's matured to the point where he knows that these guys are pretty good and he can't quite do it all himself. But that's the biggest question here to, to prove your theory, right? I hope, I certainly hope it's right. And I think it could be right. Um, putting my fandom aside, uh, I do think that this team could be better than they ever were at any point last season. Yeah, they'll rip off. They'll rip off a, a strong stretch, a big waning streak, or an eight and one stretch, or something, and, and all will be right. And then they'll, they'll just play well from that point forward. I mean, we everyone was was just saying it was the end of the Cleveland era earlier this season. Now they've won thirteen straight, and they look like a world beater. So it's just it's just too early still. All right, gentlemen. Uh, thank you, Shannon. You know, DJ, I think there's some news in the daily fantasy world that you're going to tell us about. That's true, Ken. You've probably been asking yourself, what's new in daily fantasy sports? SportsYard, the daily fantasy soccer entertainment platform offering fun, fast, and fair contests. SportsYard brings an enhanced platform with the fastest real-time participant point total updates, high-quality user-friendly application, fun and engaging graphics, and a level playing field that will allow beginners the same opportunity to win as the experts through transparent contest offerings. What you do is you create your dream team roster with no salary cap. You track your point standings in real time and feel like you're walking the sideline. It's easy to play and it's easier to win with SportsYard's lightning fast interface and clear and current ranking system. SportsYard's has signed a deal with Opta, the number one data provider for live scores. And the company plans to grow outside the U.S. to the U.K., Spain, Australia, and Ireland. We have a lot. We have, we have a lot of Aussie fans. I know. We do. We certainly do. Go to www.sportsyard.com to sign up to play for free. All right, guys. Let's get into the broad topic of today's podcast. We hinted at it with that Spurs talk, so let's jump right into it. Our sell high, buy low candidates. Shannon, you teased it. Why don't you start it off with Kawhi? Is he a sell high, or is he a buy low? Well, he's th- obviously not a sell high. I think he's a buy low. 
I, I really do. I, I mean, he hasn't played yet this year. He was a consensus top 10 fantasy player uh, before the injury. If he were 100% healthy, he would have been a top 10 pick. He still was a top 10 pick in yeah. many early drafts. So to me, it, it's quiet. If you can get him for, I, I'm not worried about him the rest of the way. I, I think, you know, let's, I've, I've, however many games are left, I think he'll play in, in 90% of those games and he'll be playing his full workload for, for, 95% of those 90%. It, I it's going to come along like it's it, it'll it'll start a little bit slower yeah, than expected. Just, can you start over? Let me grab my calculator yeah, and yeah. reset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stay. I'm trying to think so for I think you said for 87 for 87 games. Yeah. of the remaining games, you're going to get 100% Kawhi. Wow. Uh no, you proved your point. And and to me, I feel like I should be selling high on Kawhi to you. In my mind, or what it seems like for you, and I hope, and I hope there's other people out there like you, Shannon. Um, I think Kawhi's value is higher right right now, knowing that he's going to come back Saturday, than it's ever going to be at any point before in the, the re- season, actual reality. Because kicks I think like that, that he's going to play in fifty percent of the games at one hundred percent. Fifty percent of the games. What is this? They're not. They're not <laughs> Philadelphia. They're not tanking. He's not going to play in fifty percent of the games. That's ludicrous. All right. Well. <laughs> I guess the tale of the tape here is to find out the opinion of the people in your league because it could be that of Shannon where basically I'm going to come back and I'm going to get yeah. full-strength Kawhi for the majority of the games this season. And I think that I'll get full-strength Kawhi at not a majority, uh, you know, a minority of the games this season. Your, your issue, DJ, with Kawhi, I'm looking at our, you know, the Rotowire Keeper League now. You paid top dollar healthy all year round yes. cash for Kawhi. So there's no, there should have been some kind of discount knowing the injury there. And so for Keeper League salaries, that's a little tougher. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be able to retain Kawhi, I don't think, heading into next season. But that's besides the point. I, I've looked across my leagues. And basically the teams that are in the bottom rung, those, you know, bottom one, two or three teams all drafted Kawhi. And, you know, the ones that are usually at the bottom tandem him with Gordon Hayward. And that's just kind of how things have gone because people's best player starting out the season was Kawhi Leonard on pretty much every fan in every fantasy league. I mean, there's not too many people that, you know, got Kawhi in round two um, before these injuries or, you know, after these injuries came about or whatnot. So Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard played 72 and 74 games the last two years. He dealt with a couple minor injuries. He played 33 minutes per game during, during both those seasons. I expect him to return to those levels. Like So, I mean, basically, he played seven out of eight games each of the past two years. I expect him to play seven out of eight games the rest of this year. And after the first week or two, he'll be back up to that 35-minute-per-game mark. So I expect 25-point... Kawhi, you know, big steals, three-pointers. I am not worried about him at all. If you expect what he did on average last year, I to me, you're not going to have to pay that much to get him. So on the flip side of that, we have a sell-high candidate, Shannon, that you listed here, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, we talked about this a little bit last week um, in our pod, what to do with um, star players and you know their teammates when they're returning from injury. I listed off the top five fantasy ranked players of the Spurs, and we all pretty much agreed. Um, you know your Pau Gasols, your Lamarcus Aldridge's, even going down to Patty Mills. That pretty much all those guys are going to drop fifteen to twenty spots once Kawhi returns. Um, Lamarcus, uh, Lamarcus also seeing probably the you know the biggest fall from grace in in fantasy lore. Um, out of everybody on that roster, and you're still feeling really confident that LaMarcus is going to see just overall less usage. 
Yeah, just to reiter- reiterate what we said last week is I'm I'm trading him. I'm selling high. You know, he's averaging 22 and 8. That's that's far above what he did with the 17 and 18 points first two years on on the Spurs. I expect improvements from from those first two years, but he's going to take a dip because he's not he's not their sole option anymore. He's going to he's going to move from the one option to to two behind Kawhi. By low candidates, um, somebody that I think we all feel pretty good about. I guess, Ken, Ken, you can step in and say if you feel the same. I know Shannon and I are on the same page about this guy. By low on Nick Batum. He missed the yeah. beginning of the season, um, and mm-hmm. now he's back. For whatever reason, this hasn't happened like any over the past three years. He's been splitting time at shooting guard with Jeremy Lamb. Now, we know that Nick Batum is a better player than Jeremy Lamb. I mean, they wouldn't have played Batum way more minutes than Lamb over the last three years if that wasn't totally true. So I think Shannon and I are both waiting, and it sounds like you are too, Ken, for mm-hmm. Batum to really take over full ownership of that shooting guard role, a.k.a. like the second ball-handling person behind Kemba Walker I totally agree I mean I, I don't have much to add I, I'm all in on that as you said Batum has proven time and time again as has Jeremy Lamb that the talent gap is huge a great time to trade for Batum yeah the, he's he's already turned the corner and he's already taken on the full load that we would have expected from him he the last the last four games he's averaging over 35 minutes per you know he he's putting up five assists per game over that stretch, so he's already there. His his season to date stats don't look good because he started off slow. He was playing less minutes. He was shooting bad from the floor. Some some attributed that to the injury, but the, it was an off elbow. It wasn't a shooting elbow that was injured. It was the other elbow. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't I wasn't worried about the injury fr- from the injury standpoint. But now he's playing a full load. He's hitting shots now. He's shooting about fifty percent over the past three games. So I'm buying low on him. He's going to be. He's going to be solid. He's going to be what you'd expect from from a healthy Nick Batum in past years going forward. So what you're saying is we might be a week too late on the buy no, low on Nick Batum. Not necessarily. I okay. think I think the season date stats still look bad enough that you can get him on a discount. Uh, but a week from now, yes, you'll be a week too late. All right. Act fast. Pause this podcast. Go trade Nick Batum. <laughs> Go trade for him as quick as he can. you can. Um, Ken, who's the next guy that you'd like to bring up and talk about here? Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I think the sell high, I kind of agree with you on Boogie Cousins just cause I, you kind of assume healthy Davis, right? I mean, I, I'm curious, I mean, I'm taking us on a tangent here, but do you think Davis and Cousins are ever going to work out in New Orleans? I think that they've done a good job so far. Um, and, uh, Renaissance or big man res- Renaissance is what everybody has been saying around the league. And you know what? Uh, their record would also indicate that they have kind of started to figure things out. They're above 500, above 500 for the first time in my, you know, recent memory. It's been a long time. Davis has only missed like three or four games. And, you know, these cousin numbers have firmly, firmly happened when Davis has also been on the court. Cousins is just as much the player as he's ever been when he was out in Sacramento, and Davis is just as much the fantasy player that he's ever been when he was all alone in New Orleans. Um, I think it's kind of technically working out um, in terms of New Orleans um, expectations, Shannon. Yeah, I, I think one of my concerns is they're they're in the seventh seed right now, thirteen and twelve uh, of the teams of the top, you know, uh, the five through six or five through eight seeds in the West. I see New Orleans being the one that's going to drop out and be replaced by Oklahoma City. So I, I think one worry would be Cousins getting traded. If he gets tra- traded to a contender, uh, I think his, his usage will go down some. Sure. Um, he's still going to be high, you know, 
highly productive, but I think the usage will go down. And, and while he's still been fantastic when Davis is healthy, he has been better. He's been otherworldly when Davis is out. That's when he's posting his 40-20 games sure. and going off like he did on Wednesday night. I, I would sell high on him. Um, it's not, it, I don't feel like I have to sell high on him. But it, but if there's if there's a taker and I'm getting just a a king's ransom for him, I, I would certainly consider trading him. So you're thinking, Shannon, though, you're thinking New Orleans. Let's just say, come the trade deadline, they're in that either two te- last two teams. Uh, you know, they're either at seven or eight, or maybe they're at nine and ten out west. And you think there's a good chance that they say, mm, I'm not sure we can keep Boogie as a free agent of the year. Let's deal him. Yeah, that that's certainly a possibility. And then I also, I'm just banking on Davis's health too, because it's not, mm. it's not a serious injury that he's dealing with right now. Um, it's so, always something though. It's always something. There is always with. something, but you know, he's, we've went over da- Davis's injury history. It's not like he's missing 50 games every year. Uh, I think most games it's been around like 17 games. Uh, so I, I, I think, Davis is still going to be there for 60, 65 games at, by the end of the season. Yeah, I would say. Um, likewise, how I looked at a lot of my leagues, and you'll, you'll find Kawhi um, on the IR spot or on the bench of a lot of last-place teams. Cousins is leading a lot of first-place teams right now or, or you know top three teams because he was getting drafted you know way deeper than he – you know second round, really um, – and he's still the same cousins, like I said, that he's ever been. So he's a, a lot of people, version. a lot of people have been able to, you know, pair cousins with a LeBron James or cousins with a Giannis, and that's <clears throat> and that's a pretty formidable duo. Considering the alternative would have been like, you know, like cousins with a no disrespect, but like a Drummond or like I'm trying to think of where else, you know, who are some other second round guys that obviously are not going to be as good as any cousins and whoever matchup. Well, it would have even got even guys like like Porzingis was a second right. round pick, and like yeah. Porzingis has been great, but he's been no Demarcus. Cousins. So I'm going to toss another big man your guys' way who, who's off to mm-hmm. a tremendous start this season. Joel Embiid. Do you mm. sell high on Embiid? <laughs> I say yes because, I mean, come on. let's We can put all our, you know, bickering aside that we had last year and into this year. We're waiting for an injury to happen, right? That, that forces him out, even just like five games. Like it, it's pretty remarkable that that hasn't quite happened yet. I mean, we all can admit that, right? Yeah, I can admit it. Sure, but yeah. it's to me, it's not even about like, oh, we're waiting for a significant injury. It's more about like your concerns with Kawhi. You know, Kawhi's healthy now because he's coming back, but you don't have faith that he's going to play in eighty or ninety percent of the games because you think there's going to be caution. So, the, are the Sixers going to still be cautious to like cautious enough with Embiid that you want to trade him to get? Uh, you know, first round value in return since since there's some concern about his health going forward or just the fact that he um, might... How many games... I, I'm anticipating the discussion. I'm looking at uh, Embiid's recent game log. How many games do you think the Sixers sat him since November 13th? Well, since November 13th, I'm not just sure. Just one. I, I was going to say, it's only just been one. Like three. Yeah. It's He's only, only been missed like three, three games yeah. this whole year. Um, yeah. So here's... here's the, here. I mean, let's just put a big ribbon on this whole podcast. Not that we're done yet, but... Would you trade Kawhi for Embiid? No, I would mm-hmm. not. I would. I would keep Embiid. Keep Embiid. Yes. Okay. That would be a stats play. That'd be a category play, like you know, because they don't deliver the same it's, stats it's, per se. If you need blocks, for instance, yeah, I'd be pretty tempted with that trade. It, it's a very interesting question. I think it. I also. I kind of think it's a toss-up. Um, 
you're getting you're getting top assuming both are healthy you're getting top 12 13 value um different like ken said different categories different strengths Kawhi's is going to have more three pointers higher higher free throw percentage more steals whereas Embiid has rebounds and blocks it's it's an interesting question i would saw i would keep Embiid, but i think it's a toss-up and just depends on your needs I think if if you've stuck it out this long with Embiid and you drafted him in the first place, you're, you you err on the side of gambling a little bit. I think you keep gambling with Embiid. Like yeah. the people that drafted Embiid are, are pretty happy and they kind of want to prove a point. Like I told you that he you, was going to be healthy and I win the fantasy. You don't trade yeah. Embiid for another injury question, like a, a risky injury play. You trade him for somebody who provides you security because you've already your team's already gotten off to such a great start. And you want that security so you can remain atop your league. Here's another buy low candidate, another one of Shannon's homeboys. Miles Turner, buy low candidate. Now, Shannon, if you go to the fan duel points given up per position, Indiana is by far the worst to the opposing center position. And it's like the biggest gap across any positions at any level. Um, Indiana's center defense has been horrendous. However, Obviously, the Pacers are still going to run out Miles Turner out as, as much and as possible as they can. And basically, you're thinking he's not getting enough respect, even though he was somebody drafted later on in the second round and early on in the third rounds, to the point where you say he's a buy-low candidate. I, I think he could be seen as buy-low candidate. His, his shooting percentage is down this year. He's down fifty one from 51 to, to 49%. His scoring's down from 14.5 to 138 but but he's in, he's turned himself into an elite block guy in the league. He's, he might be leading the yeah. league with two point four blocks per game, um, not in total blocks, but average blocks. Uh, he's only playing twenty nine minutes per game, so that's scaled back two minutes per game from last year. So my question is, are should we expect improvements from last year going forward? Assuming he stays healthy, is he going to start playing more minutes? Which he has been trending in that direction. And with that, will his scoring start to go up? Maybe his rebound, which is which has stayed at seven point three. But I mean, really, his per minute numbers are better this year than they were last, other than percentage. I think he can only get better than what he's done so far this yeah. year. So I, I agree with you on the buy low. But I mean, the people that drafted Turner are going to still value him a little bit higher than what he's given them so far this year because they were giving up a second-round pick and early third for him. So I think it's going to be really tough to pry away Miles Turner from you know anybody that drafted him because you, you, you don't really have shares of Miles Turner unless you were higher than most people on him sure, because sure. there was uh, one or two people in every league that were ready to pounce on him in, at around two, early round three. So um, I agree with you. I think he will get better for fantasy. Um, but it's, I just don't think the owners are going to give him up. You have to find the right scenario where the owner's not dependent on Miles Turner alone for blocks. So I know right. I've, I've looked at right. trying to acquire him some weeks, and then I see it's the only player that that, that <laughs> owner has for blocks, so it doesn't work because I don't want to send blocks back. That's why I want to acquire him. So let's bring up one more player here on the sell-high list that I think will get a little bit contentious. And that's Tariq Evans. Um, I think that he's not obviously not a buy low candidate, but I think that we can expect this amount of production out of Tyreek Evans for some time coming forward this season, even when Mike Conley comes back and he's he's fully healthy and whatnot. And here's the reason why, Shannon. I think Memphis is very, very close to blowing it up. 
whether yeah. that means trading yeah. Mike Conley or trading Marcus All, and and then Tyreek Evans is just still gonna kind of be there, just like just be there. Well, because you, you have to fill you out. You just the don't know though. You don't know who they're getting in return for that deal. Is it picks? Is it guys they'll play? Right. You know, I mean, Evans. Let me pull up his contract. They've got him to, yeah, just this year. So they have no future with Evans. They get a young point guard type in that trade. Well, they'd uh, want to retain young Evans. Wing. You know, after all the dust settles, they'd want to retain Evans because his money will come off the books at the end of this year, giving them more right. flexibility to pivot wherever they're headed. D- doesn't it make more sense that they would dangle him in trades? If he's he's expiring at the end of the year, you can get a long term, young, cheap asset in return for Tyreek Evans. See, that's my worry because if he gets traded, he's going to get a bench role wherever yeah, exactly. he goes. He's, He'll be a six man, and it's not going to be the type of six man role mm-hmm. he had for Memphis, where he's like when he's on the court, he's the, basically the number one or number two scoring option. It's going to be different. So, so here's the thing about Evans that I don't think you can quite say he's like a move at the deadline candidate whose deal will expire at the end of the year because traditionally those guys have been three point shooters, right? They're your Ryan Andersons. He your- is a three point shooter now. He's knocking down two two three pointers per game. His game has evolved. He is a much better three point shooter than what he's known for historically. Like the last couple of years, he's developed into a three point a guy who can knock down. Yeah, three he's hit, he's hitting forty three percent behind the arc. So things Granted, are good there. If if teams believe that that is true after only twenty four games that he is, you know, had a renaissance of sorts, then sure, you throw him right in the category with your Ryan Andersons, your Lou Williams, your Nick Youngs that always get traded at the deadline. They just get tossed around like ragdolls at the deadline. I, I don't know that, you know, GMs around the league are 100% convinced when they could just go get a Lou Williams or a Ryan Anderson or a Nick Young who they know for certain can come in there and stretch the court. DJ, this was supposed to be a Nick Young free podcast. I know. I'm <laughs> very upset with you right now. You know, I was going to say DJ's ready to get married because did you hear that frustrated tone in his voice where he he had that like old man married guy? He was a little mad at us, you know, but he didn't like really let it out. He's ready. He's ready for marriage. That's going to be a useful tool, DJ. I think it's these sweatpants. I can't feel my legs because there's just there's like too much softness down there. You feel too much of your legs. That's the problem. Hey, I, I love Tyreek Evans. I've been all over him, right, like from day one, and I've gotten burned over the last few seasons where he has not worked as a flyer for me later in rounds. I own him all over the place this year, and I couldn't be more ecstatic. I'm still optimistic um, of his situation right now in Memphis, but you guys bring up totally valid points that he could get traded away. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that the most logical route here is that Conley – Gasol, maybe both of them get traded away, and it just turns into a let's tank the rest of the season, Tyreek Evans, do whatever you want, fest, and he he comes down the stretch as maybe a top 50, even a top 40 fantasy player when he's it's all said there. and done. He's already I know there, he's bro. already there, but again, like to solidify himself, because right now, you know, it's a little bit early with, um, you know, them dealing with some injuries, so where where, where do you see his rank right now? He's 54 based on average on Yahoo. I'm selling high on Tyreek Evans. You bring up valid valid issues as far as the case for keeping him. Um, I just don't think... If you can get a top forty value in return for him, I think who's it, a bona fide starter and will start the rest of the season. Yeah, then. where there's no question marks because yeah. I do think there are serious question marks, especially not the next ten or fifteen or twenty games, but the last thirty games of the season. There's some questions about what Tyreek's situation will be. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So let's just say that he's 45th right now, right? I don't think that you can trade for another 45th ranked player. It would have to be like a bona fide 55th or 60th ranked player. But if you know that that 55th or 60th ranked player has a more stable situation that will definitely keep them within the top 60, then I think it makes sense to trade Tyreek Evans. However, you're foregoing the opportunity where Evans potentially could vault himself up to top 30 top 40 um, fantasy value so that that's kind of what you're analyzing here if you have Tyreek Evans on your roster or if you're trying to acquire him via trade we only have a couple names left here uh, Shannon who would you like to talk about most Josh Jackson okay he, he's in an interest, interesting let's scenario Jackson. let's end with Jackson this is good. yeah J- Jackson would be the last guy I've got him as a buy low and it's because Devin Booker's out um, is it Two three weeks with Booker. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a long term injury by zero reason to rush him back though, right? Exactly. I mean, they're terrible. So. They're 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 tanking. And Jackson wasn't great. He started last night and he didn't, did not have a great game. Um, you could the, in many leagues you're going to be able to pick him up off the waiver wire. The reason why I think he's it's going to be a good flyer is because I I still view I think Booker and Jackson are the two main young pieces of their of the Suns rebuilding effort. And with Jackson getting extra look for the next two weeks, I'm hoping he can carve out a long-term expanded role with the team. I still, I still would not be surprised if the last 40 games of the season they have Booker starting at the one and Jackson starting at the two, um, or, or at least those two playing those two roles for the majority of the game. Uh, I see them on the court together more often than not the second half of the season. Ken, my retort is going to be 10 seconds long, and then you have the floor here for your old man rant. I agree with you, Shannon, that he's going to get a lot of usage time and a lot you know, a lot of stats. Um, I think that'll come at a very inefficient clip, but still stats nonetheless. All right. Thank you, DJ. Thank you, Shannon. I'm going to bring back an oldie buddy goodie for my K-Train's crazy old man rant, and it is the process still sucks. I refuse to act like Sam Hinkie was some sort of genius, even with his smarmy Houston Astros. I love it when a plan comes together tweet. Season ticket holders paid $120 a game, roughly, for five dreadful seasons in Philadelphia, including a 10-win 2015-2016 season. And frankly, you know what? They're not that good right now. The 13 and 11. Obviously, Okafor was a completely wasted number three pick. No Jalen Brown, no Jason Tatum for sure. Mark my words, Marcus Fultz will never be a good shooter. Though you can't put that one on Hanky. Uh, they need a real point guard. Simmons shoots 58% from the line. You can't have your main ball handler be a hack a guy candidate. What goes unsaid in the whole process is players need to learn how to win. Shannon, you remember how the Pistons had to get by the Celtics to win the East. And then the Young Bulls had to get by the Pistons to win the East. You need to learn how to win at the highest level. And no one on the Sixers knows how to win in crunch time. Simmons and Fultz both missed the NCAA tournament. Joel Embiid and disappointment Andrew Wiggins lasted all of two games with Kansas. Philly does not know how to win. And when and until they learn, don't talk to me about the process. They, they will learn, though. That's It's part of the process. I mean, Chauncey Billups and Rip and Ben Wallace, those guys, didn't, they had to learn how to win as well. Uh, it, it, it's that is part of the process. Get this off, process, another process. Get off Ken's lawn, Shannon. Get nah. off his lawn. Get out of my yard. Nah. Here you go, Ken. Put some real pants on. Will you put on some pants? Ken, I got a hot take for you. 
give me give me for the next six years. Give me the Sixers over the current Celtics. Wow! Oh, only the, the only What's thing the you guys got. You guys got a great coach, but personnel wise, give me the Sixers over the Celtics. Wow. You know, you have to include okay. Kyrie because the assets led sure. to Kyrie. Of course. Wow. Are we do- so what's the wage? We, uh, hoodie. No, hoodie wager. This is, Ken, this is way beyond a simple apparel bet. This is like Nat on the Town in Vegas kind of bet. This is like a five-year bet. <laughs> yeah, all right. You, guys, well, you need to think we'll, about we'll this. Connect, you we'll need connect to think about this. Yeah, we'll this is yes, way, way different wage. than any of the cheap bets we've thrown down on this pod. Um, you guys think about this while I while I take over and, and tell the fine folks about FanDuel here. Fantasy basketball fans, you probably figured this out by now. Basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. It's fantasy basketball for the everyday fan. New contest starting every day, which means no busted seasons. Something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score real time. We love FanDuel so much that we're going to spend the next segment talking about our next our Friday FanDuel picks. We're three of over two and a half million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Now, to take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Shannon, why don't you kick us off here on your initial friday fan duel pick here we you know he's expensive and usually we we steer clear of the more expensive players but demarcus cousins revenge game so i notice on wednesday we have a little office pool that we you know do together on on fan duel and you paired kevin durant with demarcus cousins ended up working out pretty solidly well for you is that something that you're also going to do tonight it is actually okay. i have the exact same pairing with durant and cousins I like their matchups. Uh, Durant's going against Detroit. Cousins against Sacramento. Uh, Curry's but, out. But yeah, and Curry's out. That's why I'm going Durant. And right now, it looks like Anthony Davis will be out. Um, if Anthony Davis returns, I'm probably going to move off of Cousins. Uh, but but with Davis out, I, I love Cousins against Sacramento. I mean, this this is a scenario where he goes 40-20 like he did on Wednesday. Yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty formidable duo. Um, I think Ken, that's something that I'm going to do too. You can look at my notes right now. I have Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins revenge yeah. game right there too. So Shannon and I are pretty similar. Why don't you help us out with some cheaper players to fill out our lineup that already um, is going to need some some pretty bare bones players? Yeah, we're all three shamelessly and on boogie, but at twelve thousand, you're going to need some cheapos. I'm going to go another revenge game for my cheapo, but he healed. Like Forty-eight hundred. Nice. Like uh, also, something to prove in New Orleans, and then uh, Dennis Smith, point guard and rookie point guard in Dallas, got a hip issue. Uh, game time decision. If he's not playing, then I'm all over Yogi Ferrell at thirty-five hundred. Ferrell's uh, actually had two nice games coming off the bench after being in the doghouse a little there. Uh, and if Smith's out, someone's going to have to score for those Mavericks. Couple other guys I like. Those those are good cheap suggestions, Ken. Couple other guys. Uh, Marvin Williams is at forty four hundred dollars, and the Charlotte Hornets their their front court's decimated right now. Kaminsky's out for for tonight. Kaminsky's out, and, and also uh, Zeller is out as well. Uh, so Williams should get tons of extra run. Yeah. Uh, the same could be said about like MKG. Uh, we'll we'll see. But of the of the cheap options that are available for Charlotte, I like I like Marvin Williams the most. 
Very good. All right. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit on this Friday. Now, we always close with a segment called K-Train's Mispronounced Names, and he's been doing such a good job this year <laughs> that Shannon and I thought about pulling this segment, but thank goodness for Ken Kreitz. He redeemed himself, and this is the reason why we have this segment. Here we go. Let me take a big breath. K-Train's Mispronounced Names. Jahil Okafor instead of Jalil. Yeah, Okafor. Okahor instead of When did Okafor. I say Okahor? I don't that's, remember that's, that. That's two whores in two weeks, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> too many jokes you've are used, rushing to my brain. I'm yeah, going to be quiet. You've used, yeah, you've used your, your uh, H-O-R-E quota for the whole season yeah, up in yeah. two weeks here. Um, <laughs> you said Spicy, sta- spicy Wait a Sauce I re- was the nickname of Nick Stauskas. I, I readily admitted Stauskas that I did not remember his That's nickname. True. Remember, I said it's something like Spicy Sauce. I admitted that one. You got it's It's Sauce Castillo. Do you guys know how he got that nickname? No. You don't. I'll I'll tell you, I, I, I know. Re- I don't remember. Sacramento. It, I, it was yes. Sacramento. I remember. Well, so um, on the what do they call it? Like the closed captioning um, during a game, they didn't know. Like whoever was transcribing it didn't know what his name was, Stauskas, and it kept popping up as Sauce Castillo. <laughs> so it was the closed captioning people that that gave him that nickname. Um, you said something that made me really really happy. You said go Google it, which I just think is hilarious because um, that's like a millennial thing to do is say go Google it. <laughs> Um, so come on and join us, millennials. Ken, you misspelled. You, you actually have me concerned. I mispronounced Google. <laughs> <laughs> you misspelled Carmelo Anthony on our notes. You also misspelled Kawhi Leonard on our notes. And I no, I properly spelled it. Leon Ard. That's how I always got to remember it. Leon with an O Ard. Uh, you actually you misspelled it, it in the. A. You misspelled it in the mispronounced names. Well, you had an L-E-A. I asked why I removed the bullet point in the notes. You misspelled it. Ken, Ken, I, Ken, I take co- that young smart person. Ken, I copied what you wrote and I put it down there because oh, you no, spelled it with the L-E-A. All right, we got to get moving. Last one here: Marcus Fultz instead of Markel Fultz. Uh, that's just a classic Ken mispronounced name start. right there. No bones about it. Thanks so I much. I added. I added that. I'm the one that typed misspelled Carmelo. In our notes, because I thought it was funny how anal retentive you are that you went in and fixed Carmelo in the notes, even though no one sees these notes. I, the I did that, I and I never did Oh, that. Shannon's? Yeah. Oh, Ken. You may have to go with something looser than sweatpants then. Yeah. Ken, you are allowed to change anything you want on our notes here. You are never <laughs> allowed to touch K-Train's mispronounced names. Anything. You are not allowed to change those bullet points. Anyways, thanks so much for joining us here on this Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. Ken, you have... Well, sweatpant review. They're too loose. I feel hot. But you know what, Shannon? I really appreciate you buying them for me. This weekend, I will be lounging on the couch in these sweatpants. I'm going to give them a full weekend to decide. So thank you very much. And and I will report back next week. Ken, the floor is yours to get us out of here. Excellent. First, I want to uh, point out someone, act, a total stranger, actually knew me as K-Train. I'm going to the Steelers game this weekend in Pittsburgh with uh, a buddy. He was telling people who's going on the trip. And he said, Ken Kreitz. And the guy goes, K-Train? <laughs> no way. Wow. I know. Crazy. I think it's because of my little local radio work here. But I just thought that was hysterical. Anyway, <laughs> for our outro quote, we're going to rely on legendary uh, coach Greg Popovich, who also has some nice things to say about Trump. Please Google that. Uh, anyway, but stick to basketball. He was discussing driving in St. Croix to see Tim Duncan. He said, quote, when I come down to St. Croix to see Timmy eight or nine years ago, nobody said a word to me about driving on the left side. 
I got my rental car. I went out on the road and I was gesticulating at like 10 people before I realized I was the jerk. <laughs> Attention passengers. This three car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. <laughs> Can you spell Greg Popovich wrong? Oh my God. Mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch. She can wear every day from movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.